May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The last church I served, our Wednesday nights began with evening prayer in the chapel, followed by dinner together, and then classes for all ages. The services of prayer were brief, about 15 minutes or so, and dinner was a community event for us, with everyone sitting down to eat together while they chatted about their day, their week, or what was happening in the news. There were several folks who regularly attended, including one of our elders who struggled with compromised immune systems. They were very open in discussing their challenges and always took extra precautions, especially during the winter months when the flu and colds were so widely spreading. I always tried to be sensitive to those folks and encouraged others to be so as well. After evening prayer, I would always remind the group to wash or sanitize their hands as one precaution to help protect the more vulnerable among us. For the most part, people seemed to appreciate the reminder and everyone appeared to either head to the restroom to wash their hands or sanitize them as they stood in line waiting to serve themselves dinner from the buffet provided each week. One week, though, a high school student quipped back to me, why do I have to wash my hands? They're not really dirty. I mean, I just washed them this morning. I had to stifle a chuckle at this logic before responding. And have you touched anything since then? Well, not that much, he said, with a twinkle in his eye. His folks. Let me try moving further over here. Well, not that much, he replied with a twinkle in his eye. Fortunately, he did wash his hands that night and every night. It became second nature for the group, especially after one of the elders who had a compromised immune system became seriously ill with the flu and the gravity of those concerns became real for the whole group. It may seem like a silly thing to wash one's hands, but it's more than just that annoying thing that we're reminded to do before we sit down to a meal. Washing one's hands is about taking care of ourselves and those around us. That's what the religious leaders have forgotten in their encounter That's what the religious leaders seem to have forgotten in their encounter with Jesus and the disciples in these verses from Mark's Gospel. They've presumably come down from Jerusalem to see what all this fuss is about concerning Jesus. Presumably this group has heard from other religious leaders in the area that 
this itinerant rabbi is drawing large crowds of people and teaching controversial things, things that challenge the status quo, things that threaten that fragile peace with Rome. They've come to see for themselves whether this Jesus is a threat. And it's clear from the very first that they view Jesus with anxiety and suspicion. The first thing they notice isn't his teaching or compassion, but rather the fact that his disciples don't appear to be following the ritual traditions about cleanliness that were held in such high regard by the Pharisees. The ancient Hebrews were among the first in recorded history to understand something of the importance of washing hands as a means of reducing illness. Long before germ theory and studies of bacteria and viruses, Hebrews developed rituals, religious rituals, for washing bodies and hands as a means of being faithful to God. They based those convictions on observation. If one did not wash one's hands before eating, one would most likely get sick, and others in one's household were also likely to get sick. Now, the Hebrews saw that as a judgment from God. It was easy to assume that any calamity, calamity was a result of God's will. We may thankfully understand things differently now, but we benefit from the lessons those ancient ancestors in the faith passed on to us. They knew something about taking care of self and others as an act of devotion to God. Unfortunately for some, these concerned for the good of the community as a whole became a weapon to be used to divide, to mark who was in the community and who was left outside it. For these religious leaders who came to see Jesus, their first observation, their first view of him, their first statement is about this failure to live up to these expectations. Now, Mark doesn't tell us whether the disciples actually washed their hands before eating. My guess is that they probably did because they were devout Jews. But maybe they didn't do it in exactly the right way, and that's why these religious leaders were so quick to condemn them. It seems that they were looking for any excuse to dismiss Jesus and those who followed him. Jesus responds to their criticism about as tersely as he does anything in Mark's gospel. He calls them hypocrites and says they're part of a long line of people who follow rules without caring about the motivations underlying them. They're not concerned about the good of the disciples or the community as a whole, only about preserving their own power, position, and privilege. Jesus sees right through that and calls them out for it. It isn't the literalistic following of a set of rules and regulations that defines one's faithfulness to God, but rather the underlying motivations. Jesus uses the analogy that it isn't what goes into one that makes one unclean, but rather what comes from one's heart and goes forth from one into the lives of others and the community as a whole. Now, Jesus doesn't argue that washing one's hands is wrong. 
were in any way questionable, only that using this teaching as a weapon to include or exclude others is wrong. This isn't just about washing one's hands. It's about how we treat one another. The letter of James makes that case passionately as well. So much so that Martin Luther, the great reformer, so convinced of salvation by grace through faith alone, literally wanted to rip James out of the Bible. He called it an epistle of straw. Luther simply could not accept the idea that our faithfulness to God is not measured merely by our trust, but by how we live out that trust and how we treat among us. The author of James makes the case that the only religion that is true and pure is to take care of those around us who are in need. According to Deuteronomy, which sort of retells the story of the Exodus and the establishment of the Hebrews in Canaan, but with lots of rules and regulations all around, Moses pleaded with God's people in this text to live out their faithfulness, their pledge of loyalty to the God of Israel by truly caring for each other and the land in which they would live. Faithfulness to God is about more than legalistic observance. It's about dynamic relationships of care and concern. I wonder if in our day and age, we might replace the idea of washing one's hands with wearing a mask. There have been those who have lobbed accusations against those of us advocating for masks and other forms of mitigation to help stop the spread of this pandemic. We've been accused of grasping for power or seeking to take away the rights of others. For most of us, though, this has only ever been about one thing, taking care of others. Eddie Hilsom, a young Dutch woman, came to understand that in her own life. She was born into an intellectual, though chaotic, family and raised in the Jewish faith, but she found little of interest or value in organized religion as an adolescent. It wasn't until she went off to Amsterdam to study law that she began to develop an interest in spirituality. That interest deepened as Europe careened toward catastrophe with the rise of Hitler. When the Nazis took control of the Netherlands in 1940, Eddie was firmly rooted in her faith and determined to resist their assault on the Jewish people. She worked tirelessly to help others escape and hide with little concern for her own safety. Eventually, though, she was arrested and sent to Auschwitz, where she died in 1943. In the weeks leading up to her arrest, Hilsom wrote in her diary, every atom of hate we add to this world makes it more inhospitable, but every act of loving perfects it. Just this week, I participated in a Zoom meeting with healthcare and faith leaders from our community. The healthcare leaders were pleading with us as faith leaders to help convince people to get vaccinated and wear masks. One of the doctors was in tears as he pleaded, 
I am so tired of watching people suffer and die. This is about so much more than washing our hands, getting a shot, or wearing a mask. It's about taking care of each other. Amen.